Why don't they just get that they like it? You know? I know. If we're telling them what to like, just, just listen and like what we tell you to like. Idiots. Little dummies. Children are famously idiots. Famously idiots. <laughs> I mean, just look through history. You can just point to a million idiot kids. Yeah. Just all of them. <laughs> Big dummies. Yeah. But we love them. Oh, we love them. Oh, here she goes. Oh, here comes the waterworks. <laughs> here comes the waterworks. Yeah. Um, yeah, we they're okay. We'll keep them around. Yeah. Only because legally we, we can't send to. them back. Yeah. We can't send them back. You can't send them away or sell them or something. Right. Um, right. So should we talk about Oscar Isaac? I would love to. What a lovely man. Yeah. Just Oh my goodness. I was just so just, you know, we say it a lot, but just like, just really seemed like a pro's pro, like just mm-hmm. so satisfied with this episode. So this, this past week was Oscar Isaac is host um, with Charlie XCX making her, uh, I think, I believe it's her second time overall on the show. Is that right? I believe that's right. Yes. Um, but then she was obviously supposed to be musical guest in December um, during the Paul Rudd episode which everything sort of blew up um, at that at that time with COVID. So everyone she, called in sick. Everyone called in. Up. Yes, everyone called in sick. Just a bunch of wimps, um, Charlie included. So uh, we're happy that she got to come back. And yeah. so I like that they did that in back to back weeks. You know, let's give Paul Paul Rudd his yeah. chance and and Charlie XCX her chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to go through and Greg and I are going to, uh, dole out our top three moments of the show. Um, and I think Greg, you should start because, because yeah. what yours is. Well, did you have any relationship to, uh, Oscar Isaac going into the episode? Um, only <clears throat> what, what Star Wars movie is it? It wasn't Rogue One. What was it? Uh, it the was Force Awakens. It, yeah. The regular ones. Yeah. Poe Dameron in the regular ones. Not in the uh, re- Rogue One. Yeah. But so that's The Force Awakens. Right. Yeah. Right. Force, okay. Yes. He, I think he was in all three. There have been three at this point. Holy shit. Yeah. That's right. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm thinking there's just been one. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it that was, was the It was a only, whole thing. Yeah. It was a whole. Wow. We really yeah. did that for a few years. <laughs> yeah. Um, good for good for those guys. Uh, yeah. So that was the only place I knew him from. I might have seen him in something else randomly but i uh, obviously just really liked him as poe yeah. dameron so uh, uh i love oscar isaac it's not it's not um even that that scorching of a, of a take you know the guy is yeah. uh, very obviously delightful um mm-hmm. first time i'd seen him was in inside lewin davis which was the um mm. coen brothers movie where he yeah. plays sort of like a struggling folk singer um but he's singing and, and playing guitar and we got a little taste of um, his singing voice in this episode, although in, yeah. um, in an unusual packaging. So yes. I'm sure we'll get into that, but he's just really a beautiful singer. Um, and then I would also, he was also in Ex Machina. Uh, he was in oh, Star yeah. Wars, obviously. Um, yeah. He's in Dune, as he, yes, as he talked obviously. about. So, um, you know, he's obviously a huge movie star at this point and, um, you know, a great actor, great performer. So, I thought he was going to be excellent, and uh, lo and behold, he was excellent. My number three pick was his home movie, The Avenger. <laughs> I, mean, oh. I, th- I think we could probably... What a monologue. Pick, uh, 
we could probably even pick the whole monologue, but it was just this this specific detail that um, I thought was so good. I mean, I think it's really tempting, and we talk about this a lot um, with very attractive superstars mm-hmm. coming onto the show, and yeah. you can kind of just march them out there and play it safe, and everyone's happy. Um, yes. and by the way, I'd suggested. Um, you know, if we're ever going to start a new segment called Can the Host Get It? Um, mm-hmm. The answer tonight would be yes, of course. Uh, so Yes, of just, course, we should start that new segment or yes, of course, this host can get it because I think both. Both, yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah, great. So we'll, we'll, uh, it's started. A, yep, we'll put a put a bookend in that. Um, yeah. My God, what a ha- handsome man. Um, what a handsome and just like so like nice he just comes out like just his whole like demeanor just came off as like energetic and enthusiastic and like grateful to be there and you know self-deprecating and obviously willing to to do a a whole bunch of characters and it's just yeah like it's you know yeah and I think a charming guy such a genuine way to kind of present himself here too i didn't didn't know that was his full name i didn't i would not have been able to tell you what his ethnicity was because he has played a lot of sort of range of things yeah so getting like a little bit of those details and then seeing this home video was just absolutely chef's kiss Um, oh my gosh just amazing i mean like that is that's the dream to have a childhood home movie shown on your snl monologue oh my god for your hosting debut i mean come on did you have any uh any home video series anything that would yeah. when, when you yeah. host do you know what you're gonna bring oh my gosh um it will probably be um i uh my sister and i when we were real little we did um uh a feature film with cats i mean they oh weren't real cats they were stuffed cats yeah um but then also a little bit later when I was in middle school, I did a remake of Signs. Mm. Um, yeah, with a with a friend. I've never seen the movie <laughs> Signs, Greg, though. Yeah. So it was just whatever I thought Signs to be. Might be. I think I was yeah. too scared. Yeah. Um, so maybe it'll be Signs. Also, I just have a you know a bunch of ridiculous home movies, but um, awesome. none of them have the editing that Oscars had. Yes. I similarly, I um we were assigned the princess bride the book to read in seventh grade and we had to do some sort of like group project to present it basically it was it was very open-ended so i had i legitimately did not know that the princess bride was a famous movie and was reading this book and was like oh this like would make a great movie (laughs) so i like wrote a adaptation of it and then we like filmed shot and filmed it and I brought it into class and people were like oh yeah of course you did Princess Bride the the movie. movie I'm like I'm sorry what um oh my god were you like did you absolutely love it the first time you saw it or did it oh, yeah. kind of mess with it okay yeah it was awesome does it still exist like could we could we get that you know, Do you know where that tape is I did keep it for a while uh but I'm not I'm not sure where it is now so. gotcha um who did you play in it uh, I played the, uh, and I now know to be the Andre the Giant character. Okay, um, yes. So that was, I was the tallest. I was 6'1 in seventh grade. So it's just easy casting there. I got typecast. That's it, right? So, 
Yep, Fezzik. Yep, there you go. Fezzik. So that's what I would bring to SNL. And I just thought that was a really charming that. way to, to bring it in there. You know, shout out to Mr. Ferguson and all the uh, parents who, who encourage us to be weirdos. Um, yes. This sentiment too, uh, I had worked in a, um, in a high school for the beginning of my career. And at one point they asked us to put, um, you know, the faculty members just like put little one index card suggestions together for just advice to students. And they like put it up on a, on a bulletin board at one point. One of the teachers yeah. said, or, or it was like regrets from high school. They, they, they asked you to put up. And one of the teachers said, I wish I was weirder in high school. Yes. And I was, I think about that all the time. I was just like, that wow. is such cool advice for our younger selves of like, man, yes. just be a little weirder and it, it will pay off in such tremendous rewards later on. So I, I, I thought totally, that was echoes of that here. I totally agree with that because I like, I had all the weird, but I was like too afraid to show it. And I think I think of all like the equally weird people I could have been friends with if I were to just let that out you know totally. i love that all That's all my advice. friends from back in the day that i'm friends with now were the maximally weird back back in the day <laughs> you know it's like yeah. all the normies are just they don't uh yeah they kind of they're kind of the worst <laughs> yeah but i should have just been weird the whole time yeah, yeah. instead of just weird now yeah you know? exactly <laughs> i could have been doing it for i mean i was but not publicly right. i guess yeah exactly just so let your weird flag fly absolutely we're uh i hope to raise my kid as weird yes um what was your number three moment my number three speaking of kids um was the paw patrol sketch uh, uh yes. so i am uh we've watched paw patrol not not too much in this house actually yeah um kids not really into it all that all that much but i loved the idea of them skewering the concept of six dogs yeah um being the uh like ems police force everything for this town yeah. just thought it was hilarious loved the um the costumes and the hair and makeup how they were like all made to look cartoony yeah <laughs> i like that they only had um like the puppets the dog puppets like in the very first part and then kind of just like you know that that wasn't the the focus of of the the sketch yeah um this was the first sketch we saw oscar in and he just like i think he just put on so many different um he really just like went all out in the the characters in all of his sketches he did like different like mannerisms and accents and just like i think he really like went harder than than he even needed to um yeah and it was just it was just great um are you how well-versed are you on Paw Patrol? Not, not that well-versed, although I think it's just, it's difficult to own, to, to, to purchase anything for um, a toddler without like just catching a little bit of Paw Patrol merch. You know, I think we have like Paw yeah. Patrol band-aids yes. and maybe like a toothbrush exactly. or something. We have Paw Patrol he, masks. They were the only masks yeah. that were tiny enough for his face at one point. Yeah. Their so. their merch game is outrageous. So it's just it sure like, is. I Very feel good like point. we kind of catch it in context. Uh yeah. Any little bit, even though we haven't like sat down and, and crushed Paw Patrol the way we do, you know, say say your trash trucks or your um, <laughs> yeah. go go Corey Carlson's. Um yes, so. exactly. 
Um, My wife did suggest, and then maybe we'll just put this out to the people here, that um, in the off season for uh, Saturday Night Live, she thought that um, what we could do is an all negative um, children's television show review. Um, Just because uh, I think probably between you and I, we've consumed what uh, something like 10 trillion hours of toddler television and have internalized it and have been traumatized by it. So um, I, it's one of my favorite things to talk about (laughs) children's television and just the absurdity. I think it's because like, I didn't really watch cartoons as a kid. I wasn't like a cartoon kid. So like Mm. seeing it now, I'm just like, what What in the world? Kids are just being raised on this. Yeah. And some of the hardest I've ever like cackled at, you know, pieces of writing on the internet has been people blogging about (laughs) children's television. So I would- absolutely do an all negative review of children's television because yeah between the two of us we could uh we could rip some of these little idiots apart blippy we're just about to blow up your whole world (laughs) see i don't i've never watched blippy but i understand it's a real man it's a live action it's a whole thing and i don't want to like i don't want to ruin the takes because i think we got to keep behind this idea so we'll get back to it in the right. off season to to, yeah. to be discussed yeah. um what was your second sketch of the night mine was 80s dream uh-huh. uh this one uh to sort of the point earlier you know you and i talk about the one thing that i think we openly don't really love is when mm-hmm. the show you know spends too much time focused on like building sketches around how hot the the host is um, right. for either gender we've talked about this for um in a couple different contexts because it's such low-hanging fruit and mm-hmm. um kind of um yeah i think we like to see it um put together in, in a charming way and this was exactly it especially because it had yeah. come so much later in the show i mean at this point we had already seen oscar isaac running for mayor of the paw patrol town mm-hmm. we, we had seen him be a singing meatball um yeah you know, we'd seen all kinds of, of different things. So I felt like this was such a really nice context for building a sketch around that in addition to it just being super original. Um, yep. That it's, we're, we're gonna come right out and say, this is, this is what it is. And then it's carried by the fact that Oscar Isaac's performance is incredible <laughs> in this, you know? Yes, it is. Oh, good God, I'm so nervous. I can't believe she agreed to go on a date with me, a loser and a fool. How do I look? You look fantastic, sir. I'm sure she'll be titillated. But you're right to be scared. She is the most widely desired woman in the world. Oh, I'm sick. I'm sick with feeling for this woman. It's her. Pray for me, boys. Oh, hello. <laughs> It's almost like um, he's some kind of combination of like Stewie Griffin with like, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, black and white era. Yes, exactly. Like an old timey movie star. Totally. His his accent is just unbelievable. And I think in addition to having the hosts, you know, be game when they show up, I feel Mm -hmm. like there's also bonus points for them like really developing a character you know yeah it's like they've got so much going on during the week I, f- I feel like a lot of times unless they're you know a former host or or a former cast member and they kind of have characters ready to go you know mm-hmm. that you don't get this kind of like deep character you know <laughs> investment yeah. which is 
Oscar Isaac overacting in a sketch yes. is kind of what this person is. So um, just un- unbelievable. I thought this was like such a such a home run for me. And, it, and this is kind of what we were talking about with the um, earlier in the season with the parent teacher conference with um, yes. Jason Sudeikis and um, Ego Wodum that it was yeah. almost like Ego Wodum is one of the writers of this. And she's like, oh, wow, she totally wrote this so that she could wrote you know, this right in. Yeah. yeah get, get these laughs while getting a chance to make out with America's hottest dad, you know? Yes. And I do like how she just blatantly called it out at one point. AD was just like, you know, called out some of the other sketches. She's just been like, yeah. A total hornball in. Yeah. What I forget what she said. A pattern of sexual randomness. Yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> yep. which is obviously anything but. But, uh, yeah, I do like that they called that out. It was very self-aware. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, just what a what a dreamboat Oscar Isaac is. Yeah. Well, right. just like Edie Bryant, and um, you are the most under thirty-five woman <laughs> I've ever met. That is my claim to fame these days and oh my god what am I gonna do when I'm not the most under 35 yep oh my god thank you so much though for that compliment we're just gonna have to hang it up at that point (laughs) no just just get out of town just lay down in a (laughs) coffin somewhere (laughs) straight in a coffin just straight to a coffin like a vampire what was your number two moment um my number two moment was oh the inventing anna spinoff inventing chloe yes um loved just everything about this uh first of all i've watched have you watched inventing anna i i haven't but my wife has been talking about it a lot particularly about the voice yes so it just i have been obsessed with this story ever since it came out in what was it 2017 um i don't it just i thought it was fascinating and then um, when Shonda Land picked it up, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be good. So it's finally here. So good. Um, Chloe Feynman nails the accent. Uh, just like at some points she goes over the top, like when she's saying par yeah. for, you know, like, you know, 30 whole seconds. But for the most part, that's just spot on what the character sounds like in the show. And then what the real uh, Anna Delvey sounds like. So she just completely hit it out of the park. Um, I love the beginning when her face after she steals Andrew Dismuke's sandwich, but she's just like, yeah. oh, what can I do with this? Yeah. Um, I also appreciated that uh, the song that they use in the background because the soundtrack to the whole show really is just like three fairly similar songs about like being a boss ass bitch yeah. just like played on repeat. <laughs> It's like, I didn't even know there were so many songs about being a boss ass bitch, but they found all of them. So good for them. Um, <laughs> I like when she walks in on Kyle and says, Hey, little boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean, just the stuff she got to wear, some of the, the pieces that she got to wear are just freaking amazing. So good for her for, um, for writing herself into this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also saw Jacob Kaplan in there as as like the the page. Um, yes, he's, he's popped up a couple times as a writer assistant on the on the show. Was in the um, the Billie Eilish episode. So yeah, I'm wondering. Good for that n- guy. Nice little turn by that guy. Wondering if he's he's working his way up the um up the ranks a little bit. So yeah, I laughed my ass off when Che like had the rollaway suitcase. Oh, <laughs> maybe the go. best moment. Yeah, was that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is great. I mean, I, I I'm aware enough of the sensation without having uh, like sat down and watched the show to kind of get what they're what they're talking about here. This has been a pretty pretty yeah. major social media moment. So um, and she just, I mean, just nails the entire. I mean, all of the mostly all of those things are quotes from the actual show. It's just completely over the top and ridiculous. So yeah, just love to see it, and I love I love Chloe in these little pre tapes. I think she really kills it. I love the little connection to Kate here too. I was thinking about the yeah. two of them in, uh, I, I watched the first episode of the Joe versus Carol on Peacock. Oh, yeah. Um, and was thinking about how, you know, if this ever comes back into the news again, or, you know, would they maybe just have Chloe do her impression of Carol Baskin, which was also yeah. outstanding um, yes. when that was, that was all coming out. And yeah, obviously two, two blonde women that do impressions, you know, maybe I'm, I'm just being dumb about making my connections here, but I feel like there's, there's gotta be a real connection between the two of them of, you know, Kate being such a senior member now and Chloe being this, this rising star that. Um, I would love to see more of them together. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just a nice, nice duo there. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I thought it was, thought it was great. Um, what was your number? Meatballs. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh-huh. I feel like um, those of us that invest, uh, I won't say how much time per week into SNL yes. Twitter have already yeah. all been clamoring for um, for some Sarah Sherman in addition to yes. some more Aristotle um, yeah. on the show. But I felt like this was not only more Sarah, but a little bit more Sarah in what we sort of know to be her, um, her style. Um, yeah. It wasn't like sort of the... Uh, the the truly grotesque body mm. horror that i think she normally pedals in but it was pretty still pretty unsettling and oh yeah super funny i thought this was just like a, such a nice packaging of her sensibility and as i said you know not the way i expected them to utilize oscar isaac's singing voice but another yeah. way to kind of um subvert the um you know just the, the hunkiness of him which is yeah. pro- probably one of the maybe only the third or fourth most interesting part about him. I just love all the little lines of like, uh, and this one just kind of spits up, you know? <laughs> 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 yeah, that was, that was my, hers was my favorite for sure. Yeah. Um, You're dumping just... me? This is coming out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was, extremely gross and unsettling Mm -hmm. um but i love that we got to see that gross sarah sherman because we know that's what she does best and um we know earlier um one of her sketches got cut i think after after dress because it was just too grotesque and it's just like Mm -hmm. you hired her let the girl be her grotesque self but i also think that she's just like an actual like a very good actress as well yeah um and so how she kind of just like played this completely um straight <laughs> just it yeah. was just, you know that that makes it it wasn't like she wasn't over the top in it it was like an actual I, I enjoyed watching it despite how upsetting yeah. and unsettling it was so there was two things in here that I thought was a reward to the SNL Twitter world one was mm-hmm. the fact that it was Sarah Sherman being in Sarah Squirm on mm-hmm. TV but also this was Keenan's 1500th sketch Wow. which 
it as far sense. as I was tracking how the story was developing, it really did come from our friends at the SNL network. Yes. That caused, I, yeah. That had just this, was gonna say. It's not like SNL keeps these stats, and right. they had put this up earlier in the week that he was three away. He shared it. Uh, Keaton yeah. shared it on his on his Instagram, and um, I know I like did a little cheer. I saw that, and I was like, unbelievable. And then they picked it up on BuzzFeed, and uh, I saw Seth Meyers um, was made a joke of that. He's like, and I'm closing in on twenty, and of course, yeah. John comes back with like, actually, you're so and so, you're twenty sixth right. all time, and this. And Seth Meyers came back with like, wow, I didn't realize it was that. You know, <laughs> so man, I mean. Love it. They don't. They certainly do not need our support from our our tiny uh, no. fiefdom here for their now sprawling metropolis of a product over there. But I just felt like for those of us that live in the sure. little the little SNL podcast world, yeah. it's cool cool to see that. I loved it, and that's um, Keenan's post was the first time I saw um, anything you know, rem- like from the meatballs sketch. It was just yep. him like on a green screen, you know, do it filming this. Um, in front of a green screen and I was just like what the yeah that and there were some videos from behind the scenes that like the crew had you know got some signs and balloons that were like ah happy 1500th or whatever so they like yeah it's sort of like the the nerdiness of what we do here um and on the on the next level that they do it over at the SNL network really turned that into a nice moment for for Keenan so just an amazing Right. Example and of fandom impacting the show. Sorry. Yes. Yes. No, I love that. Um, and obviously, you know, nothing can be said about Keenan being so great that probably hasn't already be said yeah. and said, but um, just like the graciousness and just, you know, whenever he talks about his time on the show and just like yeah. how happy, you know, he is to have been there for so long and, you know, just, just loves it. It's just obviously always, always lovely to, to hear. Yeah. So. It's great. I hope he stays yeah. there forever. Me too. What was your too. number one moment? Um, it was workplace harassment seminar. Yes. Um, and this HR. HR. It hit um a few different ways. A few different, few different great things about this. First of all, um, I think that in general, the workplace is a very heavily relied on backdrop for sketches yep. and it can be hit or miss um, because, you know, some of them really, it's all about obviously the, um, the goal is to make you be like, yep, that's it. Fucking exactly what yeah. work is like. And this one definitely just hit home. Um, maybe not the, <laughs> the things said, the outrageousness of it, but just like the fact that we all have to sit through these HR, um, trainings yearly and just killed me in the first part i know what you're thinking i'm gonna blow my goddamn brains (laughs) because that is like i i know like my husband a couple weeks ago was taking his you know yearly versions of these and was just like the amount of complaining that was coming out of him and i was just like just i mean we all have to do it just do it (laughs) but people people legitimately hate hate these things yeah. Which I think is hilarious as if I, I've had to not give them, but you know. Yeah, I was gonna say you are you're in, in the HR world. Yes. Right? Yeah. I, I haven't had to conduct a sexual harassment seminar, but I've certainly had to like make people take it. And right. they don't like that. They don't like that very much. They don't like to do that. Yeah. They don't like to. Um, and I thought Cecily and Oscar were just chef's kiss in yeah. the sketch, their chemistry together 
just the, I don't know, just the way they like hit all their lines. It was just the, the pace, something about the pacing of, of Oscar Isaac, like in, I don't know, it was just, I loved it. I thought it was uh, funny and it's one I'll go back to, like, I can see myself going back to again and again. Um, uh, at one point, Andrew Dismuke said, no one said that. Yeah. And that's like probably one of my top three like comedy tropes. Yeah. It's like, what? Nobody yeah. said like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of my one of my favorites. So that like a perfectly reasonable, of true, true to life human uh, reacting to a yes. crazy, whacked out <laughs> yes. comedic character. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. What Absolutely. Gets, gets me every time. Um. Yeah, I just thought they made a great duo in this. We got to see a, a handful of cast members in it. Just, I I loved it. Yes. PDD and Jost wrote this one. Um, so we were talking a little bit last week about how um, the, the influence of the Please Don't Destroy Boys, I think, is yeah. becoming more and more apparent in that not just are they kind of um, bringing their sensibility to their little corner of the show, but they're mm-hmm. also like playing with the form of the show and pushing it. But yeah. they're also like have come in as like fully formed, you know, SNL writers. Like this, this sketch probably could have aired in any of the last like thirty years of the show. Yeah, um, and you know, getting paired up with Colin Jost, who I think is the same way, where he can kind of, um, yeah, he's just like a, a pros pro of SNL. I think they just know that when they submitted this, it's like, this has a, has a really high chance of getting picked. I'm sure they wrote a couple other things of personal mm-hmm. night. Joe's wrote the cold open as a part of his. Um, so, you know, just like the workmanship of, of what they can do. It's not like they're just out, like they're not necessarily the alt, you know, punks in the corner of the office. Sure, like yeah. They're, they're really game to, um, to sort of bring the show to life. So love that. Yeah. Love it. Well, that brings us to our next segment called did you know who the musical guest was so emily did you know who charlie xcx was yes yes she did i've been doing really good the past few weeks i feel like i think you've second. been all you've been right on pulse of what's going really on out know. there i mean it's yeah. un- unbelievable you're just thank you i just on the zeitgeist it's just i have my finger right on the pulse you're johnny spotify they call you <laughs> yes they do <laughs> yeah every week we also like to check in to see how on our sweet baby featured players are doing and just oh. to see how they're doing um andrew Dismukes was in paw patrol the inventing yeah. chloe pre-tape the HR presentation presentation and was one of the meatballs, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, JAJ, cold open, bringing the Trump heat, inventing mm-hmm. Chloe as a couple of different versions of himself. And then in uh, the creative writing class, sketched in uh, the 10 to 1 spot. Yes. Aristotle and Sarah Sherman were uh, in the background of the cold open, making some calls from Mar-a-Lago. And then yeah. uh, Sarah Sherman obviously bringing the heat and meatballs um yep. no punky this week oh no no punky this week no she's punky. i feel like we've seen quite a bit of punky which has been awesome lately well, so was, i'll let it slide we'll let it slide for now but yeah um, just please we need more we need more uh, I, now we're starting to get into kind of the fourth quarter of the season 
yeah. uh, here, and I'm starting to worry a little bit about Aristotle and uh, Punky. Um, <laughs> you know, Punky is in year two, which is certainly extremely helpful. And yep. the, the two, you know, original characters that Aristotle has brought to the show were explosive. Um, yes. In Angelo and in the, um, you know, the Macintosh. Um, yes. But Whatever. I mean, I'm just, I'm worried because we're not not seeing them a lot. Punky, I think, had some I COVID know. stuff. So hopefully that's not oh, that's held, right. That's right. held against her or else we're filing an HR complaint. Because um, yes, that's unfair. That's unfair. But um, yeah, starting to worry about them a little bit. I feel like I would have been saying the same thing about Sarah, but I felt like we the the sketch this week was um was well received it was they put it up early in the show they're embracing what she does i feel like mm -hmm. they're they're going to be willing to give her a chance but i'm a little bit worried yeah. about those two others i know me too i i don't know i do feel like aristotle has had like you said strong enough performances that he can but you, you never know it's just yeah. it's always kind of a a uh you know up in the air sort of thing which is scary i mean probably for them more so than us but i feel like we also are um you know we uh put a lot into this that affects us a lot yeah our it's lives probably fair to say that this affects us uh, more than the average person yeah yes yeah correct well uh did we cover it anything else we missed um i did want to talk about the 10 to 1 sketch briefly, which was the um, creative writing class. Yeah. Again, what a performance from from Oscar Isaac. Yeah. And uh, oh my gosh, just completely weird, very uh, pretty creepy, you know, at a lot of points too, but just like, I just, I loved it. Loved his character again. He just went real, real all the way into that character. And I yeah. thought it was, was great. I really loved when he started reading it and Heidi goes with the, oh, I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? The what of midnight? Oh, I forget. Uh, the. Uh... It was a word I'd never heard before. Yeah, I'll have to Google it. And I like words. Oh, we're like, word, word nerds. We're word nerds. And I was like, I have no idea what that word is, but yeah. I, ooh, I like that. I really like, I like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we covered it. I think we did too. Heavens. Um, just racing right through this little stretch here. We've yeah. got um, Zoe Kravitz next week with Rosalia. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, my run of knowing who the musical guests is, is going to come to a screeching halt. Well, tune in next week to see what happens there. But uh, until then, stay positive out there, friends. Do you know who Rosalia is?